Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. Today, I'm talking about the gland that drives everything you do, the beloved thyroid. Dr. Amy Horneman is a doctor of clinical nutrition and knows way more about a thyroid than any medical doctor I've ever met. She's known as the thyroid fixer, and you'll get to meet her right after this. New location alert, new location alert. The folks at David's Burgers have a brand new location, and really, it's across the street from the original one, and it's the two-story building there where Hobby Lobby is. For those of you in Central Arkansas, that's Markham and Bowman, and of course, efficiency is the name of the game with the folks at David's Burgers. You know that they are very family-friendly. They're closed on Sundays because they're worshiping with their family. Hope you do too, and they give back to charitable organizations and projects in the state. And that's what I love about them, whether it deals with adoption or foster care, because they are both adoptive and foster care families. They have six handsome boys, uh, Jesse and Alan Bubbis do. And of course, Mr. Bubbis, David Bubbis, you'll see him at the different locations. Now, the different locations have something that's kind of new in their inventory that you can take advantage of. You can buy the steaks, take them home, cook them yourself. And that's for those of you traveling from out of state that want to come to David's Burgers. I say bring a freezer (laughs) and you've got it in your trunk and you can take some of the steaks home. But quality food all the time, delicious burgers, hamburger steak. The kids might want the grilled cheese. You can get free ice cream every time and endless fries. DavidsBurgers.com. Let's have a little civics lesson right now and what your county and city taxes go to. This is not a political conversation. This is math. Uh, They often provide financial resources for dog shelters in your community. That's why I've been asking you to go to dogtalktv.com because when you buy books there, which who doesn't love books and who doesn't want to learn more about dogs, you are actually helping the dog rescues kind of the difference sometimes between the shelters and the rescues and the rescues that I'm talking about in central Arkansas don't get any funding. So whatever they get from things like dogtalktv.com because the proceeds of those books go to the local rescues that and, you know, some other donations I get, it's difficult for them. It's been very challenging for them since 2020 So that's why I am making a plea to you to go to dogtalktv.com, buy some of the books there. You're learning about dog breeds that are good with certain uh, temperaments. You're educating your children about animals. The books are beautiful about dogs and colorful and interesting and all the things. In fact, I buy the books and I give them then to the local facilities in town that have long-term healthcare clients, um, the children's hospital, things like that. And I have some here for my grandchildren. You could do the same thing, but you got to do it right now. Go to the link in the show notes, but it's dogtalktv.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, my audience is going to love this guest because my audience knows, A, I'm I'm a big lover of the thyroid that little butterfly-shaped gland right there above your collarbone. (laughs) It makes us all sing. Uh, But Dr. Amy, you are the thyroid fixer. So we're going to use drive-through service here, pull up to the window and say, okay, look at us. How can you fix our thyroid? How did you get involved in this line of work and what's your passion? Oh, you know, girl, just like you, pain to purpose story, pain to purpose story. Yeah, that's right. I was misdiagnosed six different times. I was, if we rewind, I was getting ready for a bodybuilding competition. So for those listening, what that means is I needed to diet down and get my body in the best shape possible to stand on stage in a bikini and be judged by a panel of judges. Sounds like fun, right? (laughs) You wanted to do that? I did. I signed up for it. Right. (laughs) Not anymore. I'm retired now. I'm retired. But good, good, good. You look, you look great. 
Oh, well, thank you. But in getting ready for that show, now I had done many before. I had done some fitness modeling. I had done many shows. I dieted down because I didn't walk around a skinny mini, but I would always diet down for these shows and be successful. So this one show I was getting ready for, the scale was going up. Every time I would get on, you know, you have to do your check-ins with your coach. Got to report my weight to make sure that everything we're doing is working. And I got on that scale and I kept seeing it go up five pounds, mm-hmm. 10 pounds, mm-hmm. 25 mm-hmm. pounds. That mm-hmm. at that point didn't mm-hmm. even biologically make sense. With what I was doing and putting in my body and going to the gym right. twice a day, didn't even make sense Gosh. that that scale would go up. So I did what we all do. I went to my doctor. And doctor mm-hmm. number one said, you're normal. Everything's fine. And I, at least I wish I could go back and see those labs that they did because I didn't know at the time, right? I was doing what we all do and we trust our doctor and we go and we listen and we trust And you didn't know what testing. to look for. Right, right. Right. You didn't know what to look for. And you thought if it's in a normal TSH range, I'm then mentally ill. There's something wrong with my brain because I, I had these symptoms. Were you, So- were you fatigued at that point having the hair loss and losing the eyebrows? It was more, I did have the hair loss. Yes. It was more the weight, less fatigue. I think yeah. just because oh. I was type A, I was running on adrenaline anyways, and I was pissed that, so this was, <laughs> right. this was what my body was doing. And you know, when you're pissed, I that know. adrenaline just keeps you going. So yes. I just kept going. I kept going to doctor after doctor. I didn't stop, thank God, because I I often think now, what if I would have stopped at doctor number four, who, just like you said, told me it's all in my head. And Mm. I really thought I was going crazy. What if I would have stopped at doctor number four, five? Well, finally, doctor number six palpated my throat, just like you always say, and told me to yeah. swallow. And then I got the diagnosis yes. of, you know, yes, you have Hashimoto's, you have a goiter, we're going to do an ultrasound. Here, uh, yes. Look, here's, yes. the, here's the Hashimoto's. And I still to this day don't know what they tested, but I was just pumped up that I had a diagnosis, that I had a, a name for I what cried. was going on. I yeah. cried when they gave it to me because I said, I've been saying this for four years and you people were telling me I had chronic fatigue or major depression. Right. And I didn't. And my husband knew I didn't have either one of those. Now he did say I was the most tired human he had ever met, but I was not clinically depressed, I, but I was tired. And they just tell a woman late thirties, early forties, gaining weight, you're depressed, which yeah. is so patronizing to the women listening, stomp your stiletto heel and say, dad, burn it, test my antibodies or palpate my gland. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you have to be your own patient advocate because again, how many, how many would stop? How many would stop after, you know, four doctors, that's a lot, you know, four professionals in the medical space are telling me that I'm fine. It must be in my head. I must be just, I must be doing something wrong. So then we start the self blame game. Maybe I'm eating too much. Maybe I'm not exercising enough. And then we kill ourselves doing that. I which know. I know your listeners can relate to. You go on these wackadoodle diets. You, you're doing CrossFit so seven days a week. You're intermittent fasting out the wazoo. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Now, let me ask you this. Um, the thing that the clincher with me, because it took me, I, I'm trying to count how many doctors. I, I was probably at four or five who would just pat me on the leg and say, you just need to lose 10 or 15 pounds and, you know, here's a B vitamin. But finally, even though I'm not on the endocrinologist train at all, because I call them the accountants of the medical world, because all they do is look at a teeny tiny number. But that finally, that one man, when he palpated my thyroid and he did, he did ask about a detailed, detailed history of like family. And so um, wanted to know about my mother. Well, she overdosed when I was 12, but he said, tell me about her. And I said, well, she, cause I, I said, I'm the only one with the weight problem. It was 15 pounds, but that was a uh, thousand pounds to me. Cause I was on TV and you know, I remember people writing about it on message boards in the early two thousands that Lisa Fisher, look at her, she gained weight. Well, I couldn't help it. And so when he asked about my mother, I said, well, she died when she was 47, I was 12. Um, and he said, was she overweight? I said, no, but she smoked and drank all day. He goes, well, that's why she wasn't overweight. 
And I said, but she was tired. And I remember she had very heavy periods. He goes, your mother had thyroid disease. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, that did endear me to him. But the other thing he did, I thought was interesting. And I've never had a doctor do it. Maybe it's because I've been diagnosed. He checked my reflexes and he checked my knee. And it, I swear it took a minute for that thing to come out. And I said, do I have reflex cancer? Because, you know, I'd read it probably in Ladies Home Journal that someone had reflex cancer. There's no such thing, probably. And he said, no, but he said, you have thyroid disease. And I went, how do you know? He said, it's an old timey way to diagnose it. Because remember, before the TSH test was invented in the 70s, doctors just talked to you. And they palpated your thyroid. Yeah. And they said things like, are you constipated, cold? Do you have low libido? Does your hair fall out? Okay. You have thyroid disease. So he probably had some old timey doctor left in him, even though it had been probably almost 30 years since that test had been invented. And so I will give him that credit. Have you ever had the reflex test? No, that's fascinating. But you, you bring up a good point. How did we diagnose prior to the TSH standard lab that we do now. Right. So that's very interesting. And and I find it interesting too, that you brought up, I always say the four most important words that any practitioner can ask you is, how do you feel? Because if no one is asking or caring about that, there's no way they can properly treat you. No way. Well, and I think with women, this is kind of my philosophy, especially women in the South, we want to be gracious. How are you? Fine. And I always tell my clients, I say, when they say, how are you? Go mad as a wet hen. I'm tired. I'm constipated. I'm cold. I don't want to have sex. I don't want to cook dinner for these people. You know, you have, that's what you said. Being your advocate means you almost have to come across as a biatch Mm -hmm. because you have to communicate that I'm not well. And I think a lot of people will just say, oh, fine. Yep. And I'm sure your clients have done the same thing when you even check on them. I'm fine. But you have to dig deep and go, no, 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 no. You wouldn't be paying me this money if you were just fine. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And us as women, too. I think we we tend to- it is. Yeah, we just tend to shrink back and we want everything to be okay. Yes. And we, want, we don't want to piss That's anybody right. off. We don't want to be the biatch. That's right. And this is where you have to stand up for yourself. So at what age did this epiphany uh, come to you? Were you 20s, 30s? I was in my mid-20s. Mid-20s when I got hit with this. That's that's kind of young. It's kind of young. You're right. I I see more more of my patients are coming to me, I would say, in their 40s and 50s. But when we start digging, we can trace it back sometimes 10 and 20 years. So it's been there all along, but nobody told them. That's right. But I also think because those are, for me, it was my, I didn't start having kids till I was 30. And so, because I probably had uneventful pregnancies, no one was really digging. I think my last, my pregnancies spawned the autoimmune domino effect, which is common. Pregnancy and childbirth is what, and then I had all these other crazy autoimmune conditions. Um, but I remember thinking now, well, I did kind of have hair loss and I did start noticing I had weight gain, but I think I just stepped up my exercise or I skipped a meal or didn't eat as many Cheez-Its. You know, I ate Cheez-Its. I ate crappy food then. I didn't know. I mean, we didn't know because we were looking at calories. We weren't looking at nutrients. Um, so when you, and I'm sure you heard the famous words that we've all heard, I'll put you on 75 micrograms of Synthroid. Mm-hmm. And you went back six weeks later and you, I told the doctor, I said, I've gained weight and taken naps on the Synthroid. I could do that for free. Like you, you gave me Synthroid, but I, it has not helped me at all. And there was nothing that that's when I really became my own advocate and I got my PhD in thyroid. I couldn't get anyone to listen to me. And it wasn't until like so many of us, the desiccated thyroid that changed my life. What was your journey with your medicine? Well, very similar. I left the office with T4 only and I was all excited yeah. because I thought now I have a pill me, that's going to too. help everything, yes. right? You're doing the dance, yes. like the happy dance going yes. out. You're like, yeah, this is going to mm-hmm. work. And then it didn't. Yes. I gave it I gave it about five months of, of <gasps> playing with wow. my dose, which seems a little yeah. too long. Yeah. But I gave it five months. Yeah. And yeah. then I joke about this. I started doing some research on my 
big gateway computer. Remember those? So that I went, I yes, went to Google, yes. I think at the time, yes. I think it was Google. And I started yeah. seeing all this information about T3. No, I, no, you went to, uh-uh, you didn't go to Google. You went to ask Jeeves or Bing. Oh God, I probably did. <laughs> I probably did <laughs> on the, on the big cow gateway computer. And that's right. And I found this information about T3 and I took it back to my doctor who was an endocrinologist. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this whole thing about this active thyroid hormone T3 and yes. how T3 and T4 are really good treatment when combined together. Can we do that? She goes, no, I don't do that. And I go, I'm going to find somebody who does. And I kept hearing the name. This is, the, you know, before the secret, before Joe Dispenza, I kept hearing the universe telling me this one name. I kept hearing over and over again, Dr. Len, he's a integrative, functional, alternative specialist. Wow. So I'm like, I got to go to this guy. So I went to him. He became my mentor, taught me everything, guided me in my career path and saved my life. Because of what he did for me, that is why I am now in this space. And we did all the right things, you know, the right treatment, the right medication, the right everything. So I did go down the armor pathway. I, I actually am T3 only. So that kind of came out really? over treatment time to, that I discovered huh. that. Well, and that just reminds us, Dr. Amy, that it's a very subjective, individualized approach to thyroid treatment. And I'm not saying uh, there may be somebody who's listening, not many of you, Synthroid only, T4 only works. I, I've just seen it too many times, but I do know that we all have different needs. I did try. So I, my so I broke up with that endocrinologist when he said he wouldn't give me more than 75 micrograms and that I was, my, my TSH was at one. And he said, we think one's a good value. And I go, do you have a mouse in your pocket? Like who's we, he said, the American Academy of endocrinologists. And I said, well, I do have vitiligo. He said, oh, that puts you in line then for adrenal fatigue and uh, some alopecia. And I have alopecia too. I mean, like he was right on, you know, medically what that path was, but because he wouldn't give me the T3 because I was 40 at the time. He said, um, we're worried about heart palpitations in older women. And I said, I wasn't even 40 yet. I was 39. I go, could you at least get me, let me get to 40 before you called me an old woman? Seriously. And so he said, no. So it was, you know, great to meet you. I'm never coming back. And so I, this is when we had phone books. I went down, my best friend and I went down the phone book and just started calling doctors because I'd read the book by Dr. Rita Aram. He was, um, he had one small chapter, chapter 17 in that thyroid book. You people can look it up. And he said, well, there's, there's something about lyothyronine T3 that helps people. Mm -hmm. So then I started taking that to providers. Many said no. And I finally found somebody who at the time, this was 2004. He was about 65 years old. So he practiced before the TSH and he practiced before Synthroid. Mm -hmm. And he said, that's an, he goes, I said, what about armor? He said, that's an old timey drug. We never hear about that anymore. I said, why is that? And he said, there's no drug rep. I went, oh, so there's an incentive for you to write Synthroid. He went, yeah. <laughs> so he was, he let me be his guinea pig. We tried T4 only. That didn't work. We tried T3 only. That over replaced me mm -hmm. because of the way I metabolize things. Yep. So now I actually do a little T4 with my armor. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying. It's very individual. And I know people aren't listening so they can hear me tell this, but I'm just letting you know that I'm tracking with you the whole way. Did So did you tried armor in that you need the you need it to convert. So for people listening, you use T3 on a cellular level. So you're they give you T4 because again, they want a trip to Cabo if they write a bunch of it. Yep. And they hope it converts a T3 to use. But for you, you go straight to the T3 source. Right. So T4 is the inactive thyroid hormone and T3 is active. So T4 has to convert over to T3. And the way that I describe it, it's like running 10 tough mutters. There are so many things that can get in the way of T4 to T3 conversion. I see. So if T4 does not convert over to T3, it will convert to what we call reverse T3. This is a test that you can get to check your right. conversion. 
Reverse okay. T3 is the anti-thyroid hormone. It's like, it's like I, I use the analogy of a bouncer outside of your cell. That bouncer is standing there, arms crossed, looking at T3 saying, you're not getting in tonight and neither are okay. you. And it okay. blocks that active thyroid hormone from attaching to the receptor site on the cell and doing its job, like giving you a metabolism, growing your hair, strengthening your nails, Got letting you poop it. every day, all of that stuff that we right. want. Can't yeah. it can't do its job if reverse is too high. So if you give me T4, I push to reverse and go hypo. I get worse. So I oh. and, and T3 oh only gosh. is not a goal, by the way. I want to mention that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we like we like the fact that you have some T4 in your mix because it's like a savings and checking account. You're allowed to have your savings account. I am living off my checking every day. I see. Like I, I'm I see. always, you know, I need that T3 in the mix. I have nothing in reserve. Like if I were to run out of T3, whew, I don't know what's going to happen there. So, so there, it, yeah. the lab value, the reverse T3 lab value is important then. I never really tell people to get it, but you're saying that if it's high, it's a conversion issue. Yes. If it's above a 12. So don't even go by that standard okay. lab value range. Right. We want reverse T3 below a 12. And that's pretty universal across countries too. Even in the UK, okay. Australia, they have the same range of reverse that we do. Oh. Okay. Um, and then what about the one thing that first endocrinologist did tell me was um, that the, the reason I'd complained and felt bad for four years, because it was like after my last baby, and that's kind of when my vitiligo showed up. You know, it was kind of this cascade, right? But my TSH kept staying in range and no one would listen. You know, no one would listen. No one would listen. But, and he was the one that checked my antibodies and they were greater than 1300. But he said that high antibody count um, causes so much inflammation. He said, that's why you feel bad. Because mm -hmm. I couldn't get anyone to commiserate, commiserate with me why I felt bad. They would look on paper and go, no, you look fine to me. I go, no, something is wrong. Like my family notices, the people I'm with, the hair on the floor notices. I would, you know, how you comb the floor to get yeah. all the hair off the floor. It's awful. Mm -hmm. um, so did you, have you ever had high antibodies? I never did. Well, not that I'm aware of because who knows what they tested back then. So right, that's right. I'm one of those that. You have to do kind of check the boxes. Does she have Hashimoto's? Number one, we know that 95% of all hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's. It's the autoimmune right. form. Number right. two, similar to you, we look for other autoimmune conditions. So is there mm -hmm. psoriasis, vitiligo, any other mm -hmm. autoimmune? Because autoimmune begets autoimmune. Where we see one, we see more than one. Yes, I had psoriasis. Number two. Three would be that family history that you're talking about. When yes. you see it in the family, I had a patient the other day on her on her intake form. The list was: mom had hypothyroidism, Graham had hypothyroidism, two sisters have hypothyroidism, and aunt. I'm like, do you really think that you don't have Hashimoto's? Because right. this well, is screaming. Welcome genetics. to the family. All of, yeah, it's right. like all through your sure. family. Like you have Hashimoto's. So yes, I do, but I never had the elevated antibodies. Did you have a mother, sister, grandmother, anybody with uh, Hashi's or a thyroid? Aunt and Graham. Yeah. Not treated properly, of course, but yes, both of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other thing when that doctor was asking me, he said, well, what about your mother? And I said, you know, she wasn't overweight, but I said, like, I wasn't being funny, but I said, I had a fat aunt once who had real thin hair, paper thin hair. And he kind of laughed. I go, that is not part of my comedy routine. And he said, well, you just kind of made me laugh going, I had a fat aunt once. And she wore a muumuu in New Orleans, which is very hot and humid. Right. He said, oh, your aunt had thyroid disease. You know, thin hair, you get paper thin hair, yep. um, wore the muumuu and was always so tired. Mm -hmm. He said, your aunt had thyroid disease. I was like... Are you kidding me? No one has met. So I will give him that credit. The endocrinologist at least did look at the family tree. And that's what people yeah. have got to ask. Because a lot of times, I'm sure it happens to you. I ask people, your mother, brother, sister, anybody, and they'll they'll say, no, but mom's been overweight all of her life and her face is so puffy. And she doesn't have those outer third of her eyebrows. I'm like, mom, mom's got the affliction. Yes, definitely. Yeah, look, looking at family... Um, 
um, my endo- so my endocrinologist. So I broke up with him, and I did find an endocrinologist, the older man who practiced before there was synthroid. He wanted me to go to medical school. I was like, I'm not smart. I just know a lot about thyroids, but I couldn't do a chemical equation. I I can't do math, you know. Um, but he also was the one that would say, because I'd say, well, should what should we do with my gland? And he'd say, well, you have to replace your hormone because he said that gland's not working for you. It's dead. Mm-hmm. And when he had kind of explained that, and then it got to the point now, if you palpated my gland, it's probably atrophied. It's just 20 something years of disease. Have you yep. noticed that your glands kind of come down? Yes, definitely. And the other thing that I notice is if I, because practitioners, we, we kind of experiment test on ourselves. So like sure. do what I say, not what I do. So right. I've tested myself going without medication for like 36 to 40 hours and I have yeah. no thyroid hormone whatsoever. Like if I don't replace, there's nothing there making it. So well, yours yeah. really is dead, dead yeah, on arrival. It's, it's gone. I did try. So we're recording this in July, March, April, May. I was doing like a liver cleanse and I was seeing a naturopath and I was trying to, I thought, trying to do some things. So I started reducing my medicine in half. And when I went to my nurse practitioner who does my uh, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, I do about twice a year say, let's just see what the old gland's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, She called me and she goes, are you, she asked if I was on a lot of biotin. I went, I'm not on biotin. I said, why? And she goes, because your TSH has jumped up so much. I go, I forgot to mention, (laughs) I was trying to wean off the drug. She goes, not working. Because I really, in my mind, thought we're going to right this ship. But wouldn't you agree that not everyone can get off the medicine? I'm so happy that you brought this up because this is something that I talk about all the time as well. I think we need to separate out medication, like your your statins, your antidepressants, all the band-aids that they want to give you when you walk in with thyroid symptoms, right? (laughs) You walk in with thyroid symptoms and then it's, here's an antidepressant, here's a statin, here's a cholesterol, here's a a blood pressure medic, all of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. That I categorize as meds that you probably want to get off of. Over here, we have hormone replacement therapy, just like you said, Lisa, replacing the hormones that are no longer being properly made by your body. And in that category, we have bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and thyroid hormone replacement therapy. We are giving your body back those vital life-giving hormones that, you know, it's just not making anymore. So if you're a menopausal woman or you're headed into perimenopause, menopause, we can't stop that. We haven't figured out how to actually stop you from aging and losing your hormones, but we can replace them. Thyroid. Listen, if you have Hashimoto's and your body is destroying your thyroid gland, depending on where we catch it. Listen, if you're 18 and we're catching it right in the beginning stages, yes, we can work on natural things like going gluten-free and using black cumin seed oil to reduce the antibodies and maybe stop that destruction to where your thyroid gland will still produce adequate amounts of T4 and T3. But if you're further along like Lisa and I, just just give in and take the thyroid hormone replacement because you will feel better and you will be protecting your organs too. So every single cell in your body needs thyroid hormone. If you withhold it, now you only did it for a short time, Lisa, so we we won't yell at you, but if you withhold it- And I was going, I did halfway. I mean, I was just weaning. You didn't take it out completely. So that- I did not. Right. No, I would die. I do know I would die. Right. Well, that's the thing. So all the symptoms start coming back and then it does start affecting- your heart. So heart, low heartbeat yeah. does not mean that you're Lance Armstrong. It means that you're hypothyroid and it's not beaten properly. Yeah. So we want to do that for how we feel, quality of life, but also quantity of life and longevity. Uh, that's a good point that you bring up the low heart rate because, you know, my blood pressure, sometimes 90s over 60s or 100 over 70. Um, but some people, even though their thyroid is low, and my Dr. Baldrige taught me this, my endocrinologist, it still presents tachycardia. He said, because the brain tells the rest of the body, speed things up down there. That's why your TSH is going up. He said, but sometimes your heart rate 
will go up even with low thyroid because your body is working on your behalf all the time. All the time. And that's it. It's seeing there's no thyroid hormone. So it's got to do something to keep your heart keep your right. keep your heart beating. So if you do, if you're listening going, well, but my thyroid is low, but my heart rate's fast, that's a common thing. I mean, don't you see that too? Oh yeah, we see both, both ends. It really yeah. super low body temp, yeah. heart rate, blood pressure. Yeah. And then we can see some spikes as well. So even when when someone will say, well, I'm having heart palpitations, does that mean that I'm over-medicated? Hmm. I mean, it could be, but it could also mean that you're still in that hypo state, just like you said. Uh, when you do the lyothyronine, which is T3, Cytomel's brand name, yep. do you compound it? Because it sure does a spike, you know, how it has a half-life that's very short it dumps in your system and it goes right back out. So do you take it two or three times a day? I take it twice a day. That seems to work well for me. Some people do need multiple yeah. doses, like three or four doses. I'm not a fan of compounded thyroid medication. I got to tell you, I've been doing this for 27 <gasps> years. Every time okay, a tell me comes why. Every time. I mean, 100% of the time I see patients come to me, they're on compounded thyroid medication it yeah. just isn't working to get them optimized. It's like they're staying in this hypo state. And even if we increase the dose of the compounded, it just doesn't quite work. I even worked with a, okay. a practitioner, swore up and down. She had the best compounding pharmacy in California. They're awesome. They do everything right. We changed a patient over to compounded. She crashed. I mean, and it was a, a lateral move from lyothyronine to compounded, you know, like moving from 50 micrograms to 50 micrograms and she plummeted, yes. crashed and went hypo. You saw it in her numbers. You saw it in her reported symptoms. So I'm just not a fan. Okay. I would rather multi-dose. Okay. Let's turn our attention right now to September cooler temperatures. Kids are back in school. And what are you going to do? You are going to finally replace that flooring that they tore up over the summer because that carpet is nasty or whatever it is. And you're going to go to Akel's Carpet One, one of the three locations, and replace it. In fact, you can do it in the amount of time sometimes when the kids are at school. The the, the folks at Akel's Carpet One, the installers are so efficient. They came to my home, removed the carpet uh, laid down the new carpet. Guys, it took one day and they had a lot to do, but their team comes in, the professionals that they are with installation and what they have in selection. Nobody beats Akles when it comes to price. That's why if you're not going to shop there, you want to spend more money then because he beats the big box store prices, he meaning Richard Akel, and his family who's there who can take care of you. So check out what they have. Go to their website. Uh, you can really do a lot of shopping there and then come to town. Come see us. The three locations, those of you outside of Arkansas, we'd love to meet you because these are friendly folks who will take care of your project as if it were their own. com. This is an all-important message for my people over 40 who are at risk for osteoporosis or osteopenia. That could be those of you with light eyes, Asian descent, thyroid patients. Yes, sometimes thyroid patients, if you're over-replaced long-term, it could jeopardize your bones. There's a facility in central Arkansas that can help. It's just a 15-minute visit once a week to help strengthen your bones. It isn't a gym, but it's OsteoStrong. OsteoStrong offers a 100% natural, non-pharmaceutical, you know, I'm all about, based way to fight low bone density. I've been a couple of times, I'll update you my progress, but it's a session where you're guided by a coach, takes you through the four machines that published science has shown has increased average T-scores in women over 55 by going just once a week for nine months. OsteoStrong has been around more than a decade, just opened in Little Rock in the promenade. The Google reviews are great. It's not covered by insurance, but HSA might cover it. Ask about it. But tell them Lisa Fisher sent you and you'll get half off the one-time sign-up fee. Find out more at osteostrong501.com or go to the show notes. Let's get stronger bones together at osteostrong. Then what, I don't, is that because they're trying to make it long acting? 
I think, I mean, that is one of, so when they, when they do make the slow release T3, they put cellulose in it, which is kind of like a cornstarch base. So it's basically there to slow down the digestion in your gut so that it's slowly released over time. Well, some of that binds and you just don't get all of the, the active ingredient. I mean, that's why we tell you take your thyroid medication on an empty stomach, no food, no coffee, no supplements. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's really important. Um, so there are a lot of people that are, and I do think my glands just dead and destroyed, but there are people now, and it may be just a movement or it may be my algorithm saying they weaned off their thyroid medicine. Do you see it happen then? I, I to, Well, again, unless they're like 18 or in the beginning stages. Just the young girls. Okay. Right. To, okay. to like 40 or 50 year olds that say I weaned off my thyroid medication, I go, I'll see you in about three to six months. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. I remember when one of the multi-level marketing products came out like 10 years ago, I, I've been giving medical advice, albeit illegally for probably 20 years. So <laughs> please don't tell on me, but I've been holding thyroid court for years. Uh-huh. And this, this patient of mine saw me at the grocery store and said, I'm on, I take blank this multi-level marketing product. And she said, it, it said to reverse thyroid disease. And I really did say, see, in six weeks, she called me in six weeks. She could, she said, I can hardly hold the phone. Yep. I'm so tired. I'm so constipated. My hair's all over the floor. And I went, I thought so. Right. So I don't think there is any panacea, any unicorn to get people off, you know, whatever. Now I, I, I do think though that, by getting off gluten, I've not had any past my lips since March 1st. My antibodies are down. Mm-hmm. Even I say that they were lower, but they're up a little bit, but it could be inflammation from something else. Mm-hmm. But back in the day when I got diagnosed, I had, this was 2003 that I got diagnosed. No one talked about gluten. I mean, and again, we went to ask Jeeves or Bing. There was no Google really right. to really know much about it. But don't you see though that there are foods that inflame at least and get our antibodies up or am I wrong on that? No, you're 100% right. So gluten, actually the, the protein molecule in gluten is gliadin and that has right. a structure that is identical to or very close to the thyroid gland. So when we have oh, Hashimoto's, I like using the soldier it. analogy. We have these little soldiers in us and yeah. they're super confused and they think that your thyroid's a bad guy. They think it's an invader. So they go out and they beat it up. So here comes in a little gliadin molecule. You're eating gluten and your soldiers go, you know, hey, there's another invader coming in here. We better go get that guy. So they go out and launch an attack. Well, they're going to go to your thyroid because that's where they're used to going to fight the bad guy, quote unquote. Every time you eat gluten, you are launching a war on your own thyroid gland. So if you keep that in mind, that's a lot of incentive to not eat gluten. Huge incentive. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I finally gave it up that I did have a naturopath and she said, no, the party's over. I said, what about sourdough bread? It's fermented. And she went, sorry. She said, she said, you're done. So we're broken up. Gluten and I are broken up. Um, the other things that inflame the gland we know is soy. Yep. Do you see that across the board? Oh, hundred percent. I just did a podcast on soy. Which soy and, oh, okay. So- soy has gluten in it because it has, it, it has wheat, right? In soy made from the wheat crop. Well, uh, yes, you're right. I actually didn't even touch on that point in my podcast because yeah. there's so yeah. much other bad about soy that we can yeah. go down. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's just horrendous. So it's, even if you get the non-GMO, where people go, I ate non-GMO soy. Okay, well, fine. You're still eating soy, which is very estrogenic. And we know that high estrogen yeah. levels will shut down the thyroid gland. So it'll increase that reverse T3 that we talked about. And it will literally okay. make your thyroid gland not work as well. So soy is just okay. uh, just a, a demon to the thyroid gland. I don't, I had a, I had a, I met with a vegan patient a couple of weeks ago and I, thankfully convinced her to start eating meat because she had been doing years of the faux meat and the edamame and the soy protein. And it's like, no wonder you're estrogen dominant and your thyroid's in the toilet. Like if we just make that change alone, my God, you are going to feel so much better. Especially if these women are over 40, they've 
got to increase their protein and fat mm-hmm. or it's it, it backfires. Oh, I know it sounds righteous. You're not saving the planet because farting cows are not the problem. No, they're really um, not. <laughs> what about um, dairy? Because that's the one that I still play tug of war with because I still love some heavy cream if I'm going to drink hot tea or something. You know, honestly, I don't see many people having issues with dairy, especially if it's a good quality, organic, grass-fed, you know, hard yeah. cheddar cheese, yes. that kind of thing. Yes. Yes, you'll have those individuals that are just autoimmune balls of fire. And I mean, we, we kind of could yeah. put you in that category, Lisa, but if you're I mean, tolerating yeah, dairy and you're yeah, not I, experiencing symptoms, not, then keep not. eating dairy. Like don't put okay. yourself in a hole where your life sucks, you know, because you can't have your heavy whipping cream. That's what I said. I, first, uh, just this week that I, I removed Topo Chico from my hands because they're saying it's high in PFAs. I'm like, people, I have no joy in my life. I don't drink alcohol. I hardly, I mean, I might eat sugar on Saturdays. I don't have pasta. I don't have bread. So I've, as you see, I've switched to the Gerolsteiner, the the water here. But the other thing in my life, I'm like, let me, I, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I drink hot tea twice a week. I go, let me have some hot cream, uh, I mean, heavy cream with either locals, fruits in season or my tea. So thank you. My yeah. body thanks you. I need something to live for. You do. I mean, that's well, an exaggeration. To. Yeah, you have yeah. to. Um, so those are the main foods. Oh, you know, the other thing I noticed, and I want to see if this happened to you. So my was a four year window of, um, vitiligo was diagnosed in 99. And that's about the time that I started falling apart. Um, I had a swallowing disorder, um, alopecia in my eyebrow, you know, some other things. Well, of course I had Hashimoto's the whole time. But what I noticed was when I got sick, I was sicker than everybody else. I couldn't recover. So my kids were little. If they got strep throat, I got it for seven days. They got it for three. If they had a stomach virus, they had it for a day. I had it for four. And I I liken it. I use the soldier analogy. I think my soldiers were on the at the wrong battle and they weren't fighting viruses. Is there any connection? Did I make this up? No, you're on point. You're absolutely on point. So different things can kick up our soldiers. We talked about gluten. Some people react to dairy. Uh, Stress is a big one that will kick up those soldiers. Other infections, you know, even just like, you know, you have the flu, you have EBV, Epstein-Barr virus, which I got to tell you, I have never met a person that doesn't have EBV. As soon as I meet them, I'm going to frame their labs and put them on the wall like they're a unicorn. We've all been exposed to mono. We we all have. Yeah. So chances are you have that EBV stamp. Sometimes that can kick up. And then that flares autoimmune because there's a huge connection between EBV and Hashimoto's. So do we treat the viral aspects of a dormant EBV or what do we do? You know, you just support your immune system. Make sure your vitamin D levels are 80 to 100. I really love monolaurin, like lauric acid, for supporting viral loads and taking down viral loads, especially if someone is in an active EBV flare. Um, something like lysine, that, that's a really good amino acid. We use it for cold sores that can take down that, that viral load, that viral attack. I mean, there are specialists out there. There are functional medicine practitioners that specialize in EBV. I mean, I'm sure a few people are that bad with EBV, but I haven't met them yet. Most of the time we can get someone under control, optimized by optimizing their hormones, optimizing their thyroid, looking at high insulin levels, because that's really inflammatory, kind of addressing their their blood sugar balance, their cortisol. And you don't really have to go down too many wackadoodle pathways. Yeah, that's true. I, I, that's a good point that it's really within reach. We just didn't realize how accessible it was. Um, one thing I just realized in my lab work, um, my husband and I get the same amount of vitamin D every day. He's blonde and blue eyed. So that does, he absorbs better than I do. And uh, I have dark eyes, dark hair. It's a little harder for me to absorb, but my vitamin D levels have come down. They were like at 55 or so. We have the same vitamin D. His is at 85. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my nurse practitioner and she said, they're down to 40. And I oh. go every day and get sunlight. You know what she said? Hmm. Vitiligo attacks my receptors 
and it affects my vitamin D receptors. I'm like, dang, this vi- this vitiligo is the death of me. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? I really want my money back on my body. I'm like, <laughs> I have been so sweet to this body. And it I- does stuff like that. So I guess, do you think I should supplement at this point? Oh my gosh, yeah. Th- I, I Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, I love vitamin okay. D paired with K. Most people do really right. well on five to 10,000 I use per day. You want to make sure it's paired up with that K2 for absorption and take it with a fatty meal because vitamin D is, is fat. It it, it needs fat to absorb. Okay. I'll, I'll go back to it, but I'm, you know, of the philosophy that I take hormone replacement therapy, I try not to have a million supplements I'm taking, but Mm -hmm. if I have to take it, I have to. Now tell me what was your shock and disdain when you got your first lab report back and your cholesterol was 250 and though you were, um, bodybuilding, you were cutting your calories and you looked at your practitioner and said, I swear I'm not eating the cheese that Lisa Fisher loved in the nineties. What, what was your first cholesterol lab value when you first got diagnosed? Oh gosh. I want to say it was probably around 200, 250, something like that. So yeah. my dad was put on a statin in his fifties. So I kind of, I, I knew what these evil drugs did back then because he was what I call one of the lucky ones. He was on it for five days, had the severe leg pain, had a host of, of side effects and said, that's it. Diet and exercise for me. I'm not taking this crap. So I saw how it reacted in him. And then, you know, being in the, the career that I'm in, of course, you're hearing all of these functional practitioners talk about cholesterol and you realize, Hey, back in the day, that total cholesterol number, you didn't get flagged until you were over 300, maybe even over 400 like, if we go like way 350, back. right. That's right. right. And now they're they're crunching that down to 200 yeah. so you get the big old red H next yeah. to your- Yes. I wonder yeah. why. I wonder what drug was introduced. Oh, exactly. That's magical. Mm-hmm. Well, this is interesting. My mentor once told me about nudges, that these doctors get- nudges to prescribe. Now we know we get, they get kickbacks, but I was kind of blown away. And I swear within the month that he told me about these nudges, I log into my, you know, your patient portal with your insurance and whatever, and all your labs are on there. And this thing pops up and it says, because you're on metformin, now I'll get to the why in a second, because you're on metformin, we recommend that you talk to your doctor about going on a statin. I'm like, there's the patient nudge. There it is. So how many people are going to look at that and go, oh my gosh, I better talk to my doctor about going on a statin. Am I going to die? Now I am on met, I was on metformin because I also had PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So oh, you insulin did. resistance. Wow. That was after the thyroid diagnosis. So yes, I went on metformin. I did not go on birth control. I went on metformin to control the glucose and control the insulin. And now since then I've switched to berberine, but I could not yeah. believe that I got that patient nudge and I just, I couldn't believe it. So they are incentivizing everybody everywhere to go on these medications. It's ridiculous. Well, plus your healthcare, my insurance provider, Cigna will send me a letter and say, it's been 20 years since I've had a mammogram. <laughs> I go, it's going to be another hundred because I'm not doing that because it's the same thing. It says, we feel like it's time. And we feel, you know, like that doctor saying, we think one's a good TSH number. It is not, not for me. I, I look right. hyper thyroid or over replaced. I'm fine. Um, but also we think it's time for you to have a mammogram. No, thanks. Not going right. to do it. So you're, you're right. It is a nudge. I never even thought of it that way. It's, um, incentive for them. It's uh, almost proprietary and they're, well, you're going to do this, you're going to do this and you're going to come out this way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Berberine is something I have adopted now. Now, have you, did you have children? No, I did not. Nope. The PCOS, I just didn't know if that got in the way because, you know, a lot of infertility goes back to that uh, polycystic ovarian or high insulin levels. And thyroid and hypothyroidism. And I mean, thyroid, many right. of my patients, they've had right. multiple miscarriages or even the- Oh, for sure. And I'm so passionate about this because my stepson has autism as well and he's nonverbal. I, I, I look at mom, I look at his mom and I see thyroid and I know she's never been diagnosed with it, but I'm like, mm, that had to have been off during pregnancy. And that yeah. ladies, that is a huge, big deal. You want to have your thyroid optimized when you are pregnant 
because these these autism rates that we're seeing here, yeah, we can go down rabbit holes of toxins and chemicals and da 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 all that. I know. But hypothyroidism is huge when it's connected to the baby's brain development. And IQ. Yes. I mean, not because autism, you could still have a high IQ. So I'm saying also in regard to IQ, women who don't take enough or take replacement when they should Mm -hmm. can contribute to that or, you know, it's a terrible outcome for families. That's one thing. Those are the women I really hate. I have a one client who finally adopted and she's very happy. He's 16 years old now, but it was all the miscarriages. It was all the things. And she didn't get diagnosed till her son was about 10 years old. And she right. said, I probably had thyroid disease all then. I yep. said, I hate that. Um, tell me about the tests everyone needs to have run and everyone needs to stop what they're doing or save the podcast at point where at about 44 minutes in. Tell mm-hmm. me the tests that you love that everyone should have done. Okay. So we talked about TSH. That's standard. You're going to get that no matter what. Free T4 is decent, but that's not even one of the big markers that I look at. That's your free levels of the inactive thyroid hormone. Going down from there, we want the free T3. Now, you can get a total T4 and a total T3 as well. Sure, go ahead and throw those in. But if you don't have a free T3, I'm sending you back. You're going to get it. So free T3, that unbound active thyroid hormone, I want to know how much of that is in your body. And I want that in the upper quadrant of the range. So now I'm going to give you the functional optimal ranges, not that standard lab value range. You want to look at your standard lab value range. And yes, if you're coming in at a 2.3, you're going to be quote unquote normal. Nothing is going to be flagged low, but to me, you're low. I want you in the upper quadrant of the range. Then we go on to reverse T3. Luckily with reverse, we can do the standard number. It's going to be less than 12, less than 12. It's okay. a, if it's above a 12, you're not, you're having issues converting. You probably need to change your T4 dose, drop it down, take it out, increase T3, add it in. Something needs to change if your reverse T3 is elevated. And then we go on to the two antibodies. So there's thyroid peroxidase, TPO, thyroglobulin, TG. TGA, you'll see. And though, and there are two. I have seen many doctors only test one antibody. I'm like, did you know that there were two that we want to look at? So you got to get both right. of them so we can check to see about Hashimoto's. Now, here's the other thing. Those ranges, you, you'll see one range be less than nine, less than 40, less than 34. I don't right. care where you are. I want you at zero. If you're coming in (gasps) with nine antibodies, 10 antibodies, 15 antibodies, but you're not flagged, you still have Hashimoto's because you still have nine, 10, 15 soldiers that are going out and beating up your thyroid gland. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I've seen people say, well, it used to be, when I got diagnosed, I think it was 39 and mine were 1300. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I've heard people say, well, mine are only nine. Right. And so I didn't know that that is still something they need. They have antibodies. Right. So that that's it. I can see it. So do you reverse, do you help people reverse their antibodies? You know, it's part of the protocol, but at the end of the day, I always say, don't hang your hat on your antibodies because okay. I could have someone where we get their reverse T3 down, we have them on the right thyroid hormone replacement, their free T3 is in the upper quadrant of the range, they have no symptoms, but damn, those antibodies, mm, they're still there. And I could have someone with zero antibodies, but free T3 is in the toilet, they're on T4 only, the reverse is going through the roof, and they feel like garbage. So do I really care that they have zero antibodies? You know, golf clap, Got okay, it. but you still feel like crap. Okay. So it's all golf about treating, it's, it's both and. Yeah. You want to treat the person, you want to treat the hormones, and you want to do the things. Like I mentioned, black cumin seed oil, I love for reducing antibodies. Some people will go on low-dose naltrexone. That's a, a compounded medication yes. that needs to be prescribed. Black cumin is over the counter. Naltrexone has to be Here's prescribed. Here's my LDN. Yeah, LDN, exactly. I, I, LDN. Yep. Love it. Love it. I mean, mean, I'm trying it. Now, the the thing about it, though, I had to manipulate. I can't go above the three point, maybe three grams. Is that how it's measured? Three milligrams? Three milligrams, Because I get a little nausea from it. And I know they want you to bump up to 4.5. And maybe maybe that I've been doing it now for several months. I can. But 
uh, this is LDN. I have it right here because I take it right before I go to bed because that's the one you take like after 9 p.m., right? You can. Now, some people get a little bit of insomnia with that. So I'll, I'll put it in the morning instead oh. of in the evening. And you have to send me your address. I'm going to send you some Hashimoto's fixer. That's black cumin seed oil. We're going to stack that oh. on top of your LDN and see if we can't push your antibodies to zero because I bet we could. I'm just giddy. Yeah. I'm just giddy. Those I'm two work giddy. really well and- together. Really well. Uh, what do you, I didn't know. So I'm an intermittent fasting yep. lover, guru, changed my life in 2017. Obviously I wasn't doing it then. And I would like to know what my fasting insulin was mm-hmm. all those years. Um, do you test fasting insulin? Yes. 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 I like below a six. It's a magical number. It is. It's yeah. so amazing because insulin is so inflammatory. So when that number is high, you're going to be gaining weight and you're going to be inflamed. So we want that below a six. Yes. What is yours personally? Do you know? Uh, last time no, I tested sure. it was like four because I really yeah. do. I, I do lower carb. Now I, I have my metabolism up to where, you know, my thyroid's optimized, my testosterone's optimized. Yeah. I have a good metabolism. So I can play yeah. with carbs and kind of carb cycle. Whereas I used to have to stay really, really low to, to keep weight under control. I can carb cycle yeah. now. So my insulin will float up a little bit, but not a big deal. Yeah, I think, I really think it's a magical number. And I, one of my clients was with her provider. Now she's on Medicaid, so she couldn't order. She was having a harder time, the provider justifying ordering the fasting insulin. And so I'm on the phone with her. I was in another city. They were wherever and they were calling me. She goes, the provider wants to talk to you. And I was like, I'm not a real doctor. (laughs) And she said, (laughs) it's my health coach. Right. And the the doctor said, she goes, I'm tracking on everything, but how can I get this ordered? She said, the patient is on Medicaid. I went, oh, I don't know. She said, we have to have a diagnosis code. And I said, "Um, insulin resistance. And she goes, that's not a diagnosis code, but metabolic syndrome was. And so I'm telling anyone listening, if your provider's like, I can't order it unless you have a diagnosis code, CPT code, that's what she tried. And it I, I don't know if it ever went through because we, we had to work on so many other things. So have you ever had the pushback on the fasting insulin? No, not on the insulin. I get more pushback on reverse T3 because so many conventional docs think that it's pointless, it's useless. They'll say we only see we only test for that in a clinical setting. I said, Well, no, duh. If somebody is in, meaning you're in the ICU, you're in the ER, you've just been in a car crash, you're injured, you blew oh. an appendix, something like that. So yes, reverse T3 will go up in those trauma situations. And this really gives great insight into what it is. Reverse will go up because it's your body and our bodies are so smart. It's your body protecting you in that time of crisis, injury, trauma, saying, you know what? She doesn't really need to burn fat, grow hair, feel good, or even poop. She needs to survive. We need to protect the organs and survive. So that's, and I go, so I say to these doctors, exactly That is why we want to test it on this woman who's walking around trying to live life, do her job, raise a family, pick up the kids up from soccer, and she can't move because her body thinks that she's in the Uh, ICU dying. That is why we want to test it on your average person, not in a clinical setting. I am putting all the tests that you recommended in the show notes, along with the link that any of my listeners could reach out to you and you could fix their thyroid because you, it's... I mean, it says it right here. You're the thyroid fixer, doctor of clinical nutrition. So Mm -hmm. you know way more about the thyroid than when I talked to one of my doctor providers and said, I go, you remember medical school? She's an obstetrician. Uh I said, you were like this, sing songy. You remember in medical school, you learned about the thyroid. She was Lisa Abbott Laboratory sponsored a half day symposium on the thyroid. And I was told to get to test it. This is a gynecologist, test a TSH and that that was all I needed and to give Synthroid. Mm -hmm. I said, you had no other options. She said, I had zero. This was in 2004. I sat with her at dinner. I told her about Cytomel because I was new to the game. That's all I knew about. And I said, I think you need to test antibodies. She called me months after that. And you said, she said, you've changed my medical practice. I now have women who walk out of here and hold their head high. Mm-hmm. So when she told me as an obstetrician, because they do, uh, they probably do internal medicine some or maybe family practice. And then they specialize, right? They get right. to go through fellowship. So, but she said it was a half day. And the people who made the drug 
that we say don't take was sponsoring the symposium. People follow the money. Mm-hmm. Just follow the money. I, it's I'm, a nudge. I, it was a nudge. I'm, I'm so happy that you said that because I have heard this from multiple colleagues of mine that, yes, literally the makers of Synthroid even (laughs) sponsor the medical school. Like, hey, here's, here's a, here's a million dollar grant for you. Now make sure that you teach your doctors that all they have to do is check that TSH and T4 works beautifully all on its own. I have a stat for you too, because you mentioned this earlier. There is an actual stat that only 2% of hypothyroid patients do well on T4. Only 98% of hypothyroid patients need T4 and T3 in I some combination. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, I guess since my algorithm and my device hears me, um, the ads for Synthroid come up in my Facebook feed. <laughs> and so I, al- I always get on there and go, it's like taking a Tic Tac. That's what my friend Melissa said. It's like taking a Tic Tac. It doesn't work. And every time they'll just like delete my comment because they're on there saying T4 levothyroxine can help you regain your life. I'm like, no, it won't. It'll help you gain 15 pounds. I mean, it doesn't work. So, and again, somebody listening might say you're the one and it's very individualized at that point, but people keep asking questions. Dr. Amy, you are fabulous. We're going to lunch if you ever come south of the Mason-Dixon line. Hell yeah. We're going to change the world. Absolutely. One thyroid at a time. Thank you so much for being here. All your information is in the show notes. People reach out to her. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.